Chapter 42 of Astoria, or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Comprehensive Views To Supply the Russian Fur Establishment An Agent Sent to Russia Project of an Annual Ship The Beaver Fitted Out Her Equipment and Crew Instructions to the Captain The Sandwich Islands Rumors of the Fate of the Tonquin precautions on reaching the mouth of the columbia having traced the fortunes of the two expeditions by sea and land to the mouth of the columbia and presented a view of affairs at astoria we will return for a moment to the master spirit of the enterprise who regulated the springs of astoria at his residence in new york it will be remembered that a part of the plan of mr astor was to furnish the russian fur establishment on the northwest coast with regular supplies so as to render it independent of those casual vessels which cut up the trade and supplied the natives with arms this plan had been countenanced by our own government and likewise by count palen the russian minister at washington as its views however were important and extensive and might eventually affect a wide course of commerce mr astor was desirous of establishing a complete arrangement on the subject with the russian american fur company under the sanction of the russian government for this purpose in march eighteen eleven he dispatched a confidential agent to st petersburg full empowered to enter into the requisite negotiations a passage was given to this gentleman by the government of the united states in the john adams an armed vessel bound for europe the next step of mr astor was to dispatch the annual ship contemplated on his general plan he had as yet heard nothing of the success of the previous expeditions and had to proceed upon the presumption that everything had been effected according to his instructions he accordingly fitted out a fine ship of four hundred and ninety tons called the beaver and freighted her with a valuable cargo destined for the factory at the mouth of the columbia the trade along the coast and the supply of the russian establishment in this ship embarked a reinforcement consisting of a partner five clerks fifteen american laborers and six canadian voyageurs in choosing his agents for his first expedition mr astor had been obliged to have recourse to british subjects experienced in the canadian fur trade henceforth it was his intention as much as possible to select americans so as to secure an ascendancy of american influence in the management of the company and to make it decidedly national accordingly mr john clark the partner who took the lead in the present expedition was a native of the united states though he had passed much of his life in the northwest having been employed in the trade since the age of sixteen most of the clerks were young gentlemen of good connections in the american cities some of whom embarked in the hope of gain others through the mere spirit of adventure incident to youth the instructions given by mr astor to captain soul the commander of the beaver were in some respects hypothetical in consequence of the uncertainty resting upon the previous steps of the enterprise he was to touch at the sandwich islands inquire about the fortunes of the tonquin and whether an establishment had been formed at the mouth of the columbia if so he was to take as many sandwich islanders as his ship could accommodate and proceed thither on arriving at the river he was to observe great caution 
for even if an establishment should have been formed it might have fallen into hostile hands he was therefore to put in as if by casualty or distress to give himself out as a coasting trader and to say nothing about his ship being owned by mr astor until he had ascertained that everything was right in that case he was to land such part of his cargo as was intended for the establishment and to proceed to new archangel with the supplies intended for the russian post at that place where he could receive peltries in payment with these he was to return to astoria take in the furs collected there and having completed his cargo by trading along the coast was to proceed to canton the captain received the same injunctions that had been given to captain thorne of the tonquin of great caution and circumspection in his intercourse with the natives and that he should not permit more than one or two to be on board at a time the beaver sailed from new york on the tenth of october eighteen eleven and reached the sandwich islands without any occurrence of moment here a rumor was heard of the disastrous fate of the tonquin deep solicitude was felt by every one on board for the fate of both expeditions by sea and land doubts were entertained whether any establishment had been formed at the mouth of the columbia or whether any of the company would be found there after much deliberation the captain took twelve sandwich islanders on board for the service of the factory should there be one in existence and proceeded on his voyage on the sixth of may he arrived off the mouth of the columbia and running as near as possible fired two signal guns no answer was returned nor was there any signal to be descried night coming on the ship stood out to sea and every heart drooped as the land faded away on the following morning they again ran in within four miles of shore and fired other signal guns but still without reply a boat was then dispatched to sound the channel and attempt an entrance but returned without success there being a tremendous swell and breakers signal guns were fired again in the evening but equally in vain and once more the ship stood off to sea for the night the captain now gave up all hope of finding any establishment at the place and indulged in the most gloomy apprehensions he feared his predecessors had been massacred before they had reached their place of destination or if they should have erected a factory that it had been surprised and destroyed by the natives in this moment of doubt and uncertainty mr clark announced his determination in case of the worst to found an establishment with the present party and all hands bravely engaged to stand by him in the undertaking the next morning the ship stood in for the third time and fired three signal guns but with little hope of reply to the great joy of the crew three distinct guns were heard in answer the apprehensions of all but captain sole were now at rest that cautious commander recollected the instructions given him by mr astor and determined to proceed with great circumspection he was well aware of indian treachery and cunning it was not impossible he observed that these cannon might have been fired by the savages themselves they might have surprised the fort massacred its inmates 
and these signal guns might only be decoys to lure him across the bar that they might have a chance of cutting him off and seizing his vessel at length a white flag was descried hoisted as a signal on cape disappointment the passengers pointed to it in triumph but the captain did not yet dismiss his doubts a beacon fire blazed through the night on the same place but the captain observed that all these signals might be treacherous on the following morning may ninth the vessel came to anchor off cape disappointment outside of the bar towards noon an indian canoe was seen making for the ship and all hands were ordered to be on the alert a few moments afterwards a barge was perceived following the canoe the hopes and fears of those on board of the ship were in tumultuous agitation as the boat drew nigh that was to let them know the fortunes of the enterprise and the fate of their predecessors the captain who was haunted with the idea of possible treachery did not suffer his curiosity to get the better of his caution but ordered a party of his men under arms to receive the visitors the canoe came first alongside in which were comcomly and six indians in the barge were mcdougall mcclellan and eight canadians a little conversation with these gentlemen dispelled all the captain's fears and the beaver crossing the bar under their pilotage anchored safely in baker's bay End of chapter forty two